Good day and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on the Front Runner Football Podcast as we wrap up what's been an eventful week as far as AFCON qualifiers for the showpiece in Cameroon in 2019 is concerned. So obviously I have my panel that joins me in the studio, made up of Mark, I have Oluwashina and also Velile joining me. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Maybe a good place to start is just to look back on some of the big news that came out of this weekend. Before we get into the results and the permutations for the teams that are involved, obviously, when we see these AFCON qualifiers, we, we like seeing the big stars, the likes of which uh, Pierre Merrick, Obama Young, coming to play for their countries. It's not quite happened in his case. Olu, what, what, what's happening here in terms of the Gabon FA and probably their biggest asset? I just think it's the typical African problem. Um, star player not getting along with the FA due to, you know, disagreements. This time around, it's um, Obama Young accusing the federation, Fegafoot, that's the um, Gabonese Football Federation, of being uh, unprofessional and um, lacking professional acts in terms of how things are being organized. Remember, there's been huge um, problem involving both the player and the federation about um, the way things are done. So this time around, it's just had it all. He, he said, um, he's had it all, but... The reason why he stayed away from this game, he said he was injured, but there's more to that than just being injured. I mean, it's so convenient. His, his father was appointed as coach without being consulted properly. <laughs> he disagreed. He came publicly to say... Hey. He forced him to turn down the, that offer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, it's all messy for Gabon. It's all messy. 2012 host, 2015 host, and um, you have all these problems. It's not just good because Obama Young at the moment, apart from Mohamed Salah mm. and um, say... Sadio Mane, Obama Young is undoubtedly one of the biggest stars on the continent. And of course, that makes it interesting as far as the group is concerned, because they could do with these services as far as qualification is concerned. Mm. Yes, uh, especially how when you look at how tight that uh, group is, I think it's Group C, yeah. because there's also Burundi there, and Burundi is hosting Gabon in the last game. But just to go back to this issue of uh, being injured, Shina, I think FIFA rules are very clear on this one, yeah. that uh, yes, even if his club Arsenal will claim that he's injured, but he still needs to come and be examined by the team doctor. Yes. You know, but because some of these stars, um, they've got, um, you know, this thing, okay, I'm playing in Europe, uh, they'll listen to me, nevertheless. But, you know, there are rules. There are yes. rules. And if uh, the Gabonese uh, Football Federation, um, they were serious about this thing. They could have even um, forced him to, to come and be examined by the medical team uh, there in, in, in Gabon in Libreville. But look, because it's uh, Aboma Young, uh, because they also need him next time. Right. So they have to tread carefully. Of course. So that's a, a case there, Mark, of uh, player power coming into into the national team fold. You know, we, we see it sometimes at club level. But I'm looking at this group. Mali are on 11 points. Burundi are on 9 mm. points. Gabon are on 7 points. South Sudan don't stand a chance. But it's still there for the taking in this wide open group. And I guess, you know, we have teams that are certain of qualification and a place next year. Uh, in terms of uh, two teams, if you had to pick out of there, in terms of the quality, what they made up of, who do you think is, is a shoe-in for Cameroon? Um, uh, you know, Mali, Burundi or Gabon, <laughs> pick two. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a player who's just um, play, playing in the, in the PL, yeah. um, who's also taken the citizenship. Um, because I think, his parents were born uh, in, in, in Burundi. But for me, remember, it's not just Abameyang. There's, there's another player who was playing for Juventus, who Lemina. Yeah. Yes. He's also pulled out. Hmm. Yes. Um, I think there's, there's, a, there's a situation here where the Fega food, they, they have an opportunity to fix all these problems between, between now and March. Right. That key game, if they don't make it to the Cup of Nations, whether they like it or not, all, people will not be talking about Obama Young not being there, whatever. Sure. They're talking about Gabonese Football Federation messing up the opportunity to play in another AFCON tournament. Sure. So you, you have a team like Burundi, they are on the rise because this is, their, this, is, this is their biggest opportunity to play in their first ever African Cup of Nations. And you think they will lose it to Gabon, a disorganized Gabon? Mm. I don't think so. So they need more than... And, and playing at home. Playing at home for that matter. Right. So they have, um, they, they have an opportunity to go to the AFCON. They only need a draw and they know they can get there. So for Gabon, wow. it's, 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 a big, it's a big ask, in my opinion. Okay, well, I mean, that's just one thing to touch on there. As we now look at CAF... 
they decided to uh, suspend some referees. I mean, this is, I, 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 you know, I wasn't surprised at the suspensions, but maybe more surprised at who it was, you know, because in terms of famous referees who you, you actually see as being some of the top names in the game, uh, as far as African football is concerned, What's your take, Velila? I mean, was this uh, something that was staring Calf in the face that they had to take action here? Or is it just um, the Federation of Football for Africa just, you know, showing and exerting their power? Look, Kamza, um, one thing I wouldn't like to dwell much on is the element of uh, or the suspicion of corruption. Yes. Um, which is contained in the letters that have been written by the chairman uh, of the CAF Disciplinary Committee, mm. uh, Mr. Ramon Hack. Right. But if you've watched these two games yes. in particular, um, the semi-final, I mean, here was a team, uh, I remember watching Primero de Agosto, mm. early, early, early um, in this competition, playing against Peter Vesier, yeah, and you could see the quality and in those boys right and when i saw them scaling through you know the group stages and managing um to even get to the semi-finals like wow this is a lovely story and mm-hmm. i went to watch uh in fact i went to cover the under 17 uh, Kosafa under 17 and there i also engaged the coach of the angolan team the under 17 team he was also coming with a group of boys who were coming from because see the quality okay this thing is not just starting there the highest team starting there with the juniors the transformation of um angolan football because right angolan angola and south africa are the only teams uh, are the only countries from southern africa to have been uh, to the world cup so it was a good story for mm. me so and the way they were robbed in the semi-final the way they were robbed allegedly by, robbed um Come on, come on! You know, you know, you 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 talk about alleged the word alleged on something that you're not sure about. Right. This one you can see. What was wrong? What was wrong? What was wrong with that goal? Your eyes were very sure. My eyes were sure. <laughs> so cl- clearly, the commissioner as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, because and now, involved. Yeah. Don't, don't be a journalist on me, Shina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because so, if 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 I am to talk about talk about something that I allege, something that I'm not sure about. Yes. Uh, that is not. But on this one, you're willing to put your neck on the line. Oh, come on. So, but that's why I'm I'm saying I don't want to dwell much on the suspicion of corruption. Mm-hmm. But if we're looking at the incidents especially these two. Mm. And then you come to uh, the Algerian, uh, Mehdi, and Mehdi. who was going to represent Africa in, in the Club World Cup. Yeah. Ah, come on. You you saw him that day going against uh, the VAR. Yeah, and the VAR was proving him wrong. Mm. But still, he was hell-bent on making sure that, no, this is a penalty, you know, um, for, for Al-Ali. And you know what? God always comes around and <laughs> saves the right teams. Because, think, because for me, I was happy that Esperance won. You know, mm. look, I wanted yeah. a good story. Yes. And the good story was going to be Al Ali winning their record ninth title. Right. But the way they won the first leg, yes. it was not on. They didn't deserve it. Okay, so yeah. there we go. I mean, it's Zambian referee, Jenny Sikazwe, who's also been looked at for, the, for that semis clash. Yeah. Were you surprised? At the name, at the at such an esteemed ref being Look, caught I, I, up in I'm, this, I'm not surprised that um, the KF DC uh, has came up with this. Mm. I'm not surprised. Mm. I'm not surprised. But look, normally you don't hear um, referees being suspended on suspicion of you know. Normally you just hear maybe months later to say okay. Uh, they've been put on a cooler. Right. Um, just yes. to set aside. But now when there's a suspicion of um, corruption, because you don't know what, what has sparked this. And mm. I, I saw in the group, people mm. were talking about possibly uh, maybe some of the, the assistant refs or some of the motion officials who are working with them. Yeah. They came up with information. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, nothing has been cleared so far. I think the most important thing, let me play the devil's advocate. Quickly. Right. Yes. I think what's what's important is that CAF suspended them. And um, the, the situation with me is, I always think before you suspend people, you need to give them a chance or investigate and be sure of what you're sure. doing. Because basically now, if you end up finding a situation that we still talk about today, um, where you suspended Equatoria Guinea only to bring them back again because mm-hmm. you sh- now you, 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 you're dismissing your own first ruling. Exactly. So in this case with this referee, I mean, they need to have something truly on them 
because their career has been damaged as exactly. it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you don't have enough information or give them enough opportunity to defend themselves or actually say, oh, this is why I thought this happened, this is why I thought what, what happened and all of that. We saw what happened with Lamte, the, um, the, the Ghanaian referee yeah. that came here against South African Senegal. We saw what happened. It was investigated. This was at the top level of football, world football, FIFA. Yeah. And so with this CAF referee, I, I want to be sure that CAF has really done their homework. They've investigated this thing properly and they've given those referees an opportunity to actually say, um, guys, you're being suspended because we found this and that against you. Well, it seems that the suspension is there because they are carrying out the investigation. So they're putting him on ice whilst they investigate further. Sound yeah, like a fair thing to do? Suspension is often something done when there's a suspicion of some kind of, yeah, just uh, at once it's, it's, it's an investigation and someone is, is suspended pending that investigation. Okay, Jen, so let's look at uh, Group E. Uh, I think it's very interesting because we have a Nigerian in the room with us and then we are surrounded by South Africans uh, and, and, and looking at the results from the weekend. Um, Billy, we spoke about it last week thinking that, hey, maybe, you know what, this is consistency now because Bafana up and down, up and down, up and down, this might be an up. Was it enough of an up for you? It, 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 even though it didn't um, secure qualification. Is there is there, are there positives to draw from what happened at the weekend? Yeah, you know, um, looking at uh, Nigeria on the day and looking at uh, the weather conditions and you know the arrival uh, of Nigeria at the time and and especially when we got to hear from the Nigerian coach that uh, it was not his idea for the team to arrive here on the eve of. Um, of, of their game. Mm. So I felt it was an opportunity missed uh, for us not to snatch the full uh, three points mm. um, f- f- from that game, even though it's got to be said that I'm not sure about the second one, uh, offside call, but the first offside call, it was not really an offside. Um, the second one, I think it was it was a bit tight, especially sure. uh, with Ahmed Musa, you know, in, in a far advanced position. Sure. So... I felt it was an, a missed opportunity uh, from our side. And also, I'm not sure if we went out there with a clear plan of going hard um, on Nigeria in terms of attacking them. Uh, I could sense a bit of a cautious approach, which goes in line with uh, the tactics of the coach because he's not really someone who goes out, you know, um, especially if you've been following um, his football. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm still to, to be convinced to watch a game where he goes all out, you know, um, going for for a result. And for me, for me, this is why I believe that um, he stands a very good chance of getting a result uh, in Libya mm. because that the game in Libya will allow him to play his favorite game. The same way he got a result in Sicha, huh? <laughs> ah no 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 no! I don't I don't I don't I don't, I don't even talk about Seychelles. Mark, you were there. Leave Lily. Let's but, talk. But but yeah, yeah, I mean that there's a point to that because Seychelles counter attack. Seychelles aren't going to attack you. So there's so counter attack, and this is where we had a problem in the first game of the Kosafa, mm, mm. where we had we're playing Madagascar. Yes, and Stuart's yes, trying yes. to play transition football and counter attack, and we're sitting back waiting for. <laughs> and them they're not going to come to you, and they're not coming at you, so yeah. you can't play counter attack. And so that's where I see your your point. I think he um, Libya need a win. Libya have to win. That's difficult. I I think I don't know if I'd rather be in our situation than theirs. I think I'd rather be in a situation where it doesn't come down to our final match, where yeah, we don't, yeah, where, where we don't need a draw away. Um, but I do think, yeah, Stuart's football could be more suited to going to Libya than going to Seychelles, mm-hmm. because Seychelles don't attack you. And Libya needing a win are going to have to attack. So I, I do think the counter-attack can, win, can work. I also, I hear what you're saying, really. I, I agree. I think we missed a trick by not trying, because by, by, we got a, could have got a second victory against Nigeria mm, in this mm, game. Mm. Um, I think second half, I think in the second half, they they basically were happy to, to draw. And they, yes. they closed up shop. Yes. And then we weren't aggressive enough. We didn't bring on Vincent Pule early which I thought we needed to do. We needed to take Serrero off at half time because he was anonymous completely. And we needed to make changes. And, and we, we, we needed, made only one sub. Yeah. And yes, and we made one mm. sub in the second half. And we yeah. also, we also, we had nothing to lose by losing that game. 
Sure. Because mm. it still meant if we lost the game, then yes. we would have gone to Libya needing a draw. So whether we lo- whether we drew a draw is, is not going to help us at all. Sure. So throw everything into trying to win it. And I don't think we did in the second half throw everything into trying to win it. Not taking anything from the performance. And it was another good performance, mm. uh, I think. But um, yeah, that for me is the concern. Because when you leave it to having to go to Libya, Libya get one goal in the 20th minute and it's game over. Yeah. And we're not known for having the mental strength. And Stuart himself says we don't have that mental strength. So let's hope that we do and we can provide the mental strength on the day when we go to Libya. But yeah, I do think we missed a trick. I thought I still, even if Serrero against Paraguay improved, mm. I still am not convinced that he should have been called back at all. Sure. Because he was anonymous and he jogged around FNB. He avoided the ball like it had Ebola. <laughs> um, and but you know I've watched Serrero yeah. this season uh, playing for Vitesse yeah. in the Tashiere defense. Yeah. I think mm. in four or five matches mm. he's been very impressive for me yeah. um, but then very impressive playing from a deep lying playmaking position mm. uh, which obviously is not going to play um, especially under uh, Stuart Baxter mm. um, because Stuart doesn't believe in that kind of a, a system where he's got a deep lying playmaker. He's yeah. football. Mm. You know, you 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 have a Klolam Lambo or even a, a Musanya Dama at Parades mm. or Peter Suited. Uh, teams that play good expansive football mm. believe in a, a even your man city believe mm. in a deep lying playmaker. Mm. Yeah. But um coaches who are more on uh, this transitional type and yeah. more hardened uh, type of a game. Mm. They would go for Dean Femen, they would go for Shompo Kekana or Mabunda, like Mukocho, mm. like he went to. So, so I'm, not, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe the position where they were playing Serrero is to accommodate him. And now, for two good seasons, when you've not been playing this position mm. that you are playing, mm. do you think you're going to deliver the same thing? Yeah. Because no, yeah, he's, yeah. he's not been playing this position yeah. that he played here yeah. for two good seasons now. Yeah. Do you well, think we should have him back? Do you think is he worth it? With his track record, are we not cruising to have our fingers burnt again? Or, I, th- I think I think for me, but if if, 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 if if you're asking me, yeah, and this is a Serrero who scored the last goal that took us uh, to the to our last Afcon mm. in 2015. Mm. His experience um, at this level, of course, we need him. Mm. You see, for me, I watched yesterday's game, especially the game against Paraguay, mm. even the the Nigerian game. Yeah. Uh, taking nothing away from our locally based players, mm. if we still have a starting eleven dominated by local based players, <laughs> I'm mm. not sure. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure. Well, you guys have been talking about mm. what your team didn't do right, what they didn't do well, and all that. Mm. But I think credit to your team mm. um, against Nigeria. Mm. Um, credit must go to them. Yeah. Um, credit must also go to the assistant referees who actually ruled <laughs> out two goals because. For Nigerians, they believe that um, those goals were actually, um, in my opinion, mm-hmm. too, were the wrong calls. I think they were actually um, the right call. Um, they, they were, but they were goals actually. Musa scored, and yes. I mean the referee Gasama is undoubtedly the top in Africa, and he was only messed around by his um, two assistants. Sure. And mm-hmm. So for me, that's one beat taken off. Um, for Bafana, like you guys pointed out, you didn't have the best Nigerian side playing. On Saturday, yes, you didn't also have a Nigerian side that were settled. They were already suffering from the altitude. They were also suffering from the humid and hot yes. conditions. So um, they were there for the taking. They were just there for um, South Africa. And then you have Pesitao. It was a turn in the flesh, and the Nigerian coach couldn't stop having these glowing attributes about you know what he could do and potentially how he can be. So. I think it's a it's a big chance missed by Stodbaster. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really do his homework properly. Um, he was talking about um, Balogun, the Nigerian central defender, being injured. They worked on him and all that. That's beyond that. A good coach would have to really. Um, you, you you need to look at your opponent. You need mm-hmm. to study your opponent. Mm-hmm. You need to really scout them and see exactly what they do. For us Nigerians, we were scared that look we're taking um, a team to South Africa without our big players like yes. Fred Ndidi and the yes. midfield collapse. Yeah. We didn't have our first choice goalkeeper um, Francis Uzo. Francis Zola, we, yeah. didn't, we don't have the top scorer in the qualifier, Odion um, sure. Igalu. Yes. So for us, it was like you know like um, we didn't have six 
regular players. Yeah, so you're already looking to yeah, we're looking like, okay. Seychelles, oh, saying, yeah, no, whatever yeah. happens here happens. No, I think the best result Nigeria could have gotten here was, was a draw. They wanted, right. to, they wanted to sort out business. They needed, like like Mark pointed out earlier, um, in the second round, Nigeria were just comfortable, you know what, mm. whether we score, whether this referee counted or not, mm. a draw will be enough to take mm. us home, mm. we're fine and we'll be back mm. in the African Cup of Nations. Sure. I think for Nigeria, it was it was simple, a draw, enough. For Bafana, I don't think it'll be easy for them away in Libya. Mm. Um, Nigeria will tell you that. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not an easy way for, for you to play. For you to play. I don't know if they're going to play in Algeria, where they're going to play in Tunisia. Mm. It's, on, it's uncertain where they're going to play now. March is still a long way out. But yeah. I think for well, Stubastan... played the last two games in Tunisia. In Tunisia, so yeah. it was a big chance missed. A big opportunity missed. But can you take yeah. any heart from the performances you saw from the Nigerian team? I mean, are there any peop- any players that made a, a case for themselves to be retained when you speak about big players not being involved? Or do you just see those big players coming back into the fold and getting back into their spots? I think there there are some players who who just, you know, I think for Kenneth Omeru, mm. he's been out of the picture for a long time. Right. If Kenneth Roth didn't really switch to 3-5-2 there's no way we would have started that game and if we had Wifred and Didi and all that I think it was a forced formation mm. it was forced to change his formation because, because of the absence of those, those, sure. those key players yeah. so for me I think um, it was alright um, also um, John Ogu didn't really answer so much questions did he answer the questions because people were wondering why does the coach not play John Ogu mm. he started him and he struggled mm. so fans were really disappointed um, who made a strong case for himself um, I don't think I don't think um, Nigeria have some positive to draw away from mm. this game. Musa will always be Musa. He did well. He mm. did okay. Um, Alexi Wobi wasn't in the game at all. He struggled. Mm. Um, so mm. I, I still think um, whether we had the big players or not, we know where exactly the first eleven would always be mm. when they all come back. Okay. And then outside of Serrero and um, Persita, Jen, South Africa, any bright lights there in terms of players who took their opportunity or was it just more of the same? Was it... Was there anyone who stood out? I mean, uh, Motiba bustled. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. He scored I mean, a fourth goal in five games. Yeah, I think that Tom Motiba partnership is really, yeah, really yeah, exciting. Yeah, sure, really exciting. And I think when like you a, see when counter. you see Nigerians raving about Percy the way they have mm. been, and but I don't think they even they didn't see the best of of Motiba in that game. And I think we still haven't seen the best. Yeah, I don't he's only so, 22. Yeah. He's adapting to yeah, the national yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every time he plays, he scores. And I know anyone, anyone's grand could have scored that goal. Yeah, but, after the work that yeah. Percy had done. But, he, but, but yeah. it wasn't just that. He bustled well. Yeah. He's, he's, he really gets... And that's, those are big defenders he was mm. up against. And he no, bustled well. Uh, it's funny how he, people... His class was there. It's, it's funny how people don't talk about him yeah. as much as they much. should back home yeah. here. Yeah. Because um, I followed the French Ligue 1. He, sure, it was sure. with it was with Lille. I mean, yes. he moved to Strasbourg for a big money move. This is a player um, that was really in the second team of Lille before, and then they they, they moved him back up and see what he's done in um, just one season. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say two seasons, just one season. What he did, and then Strasbourg came to get him. In France, they talk a lot about him. Mm-hmm. They consider him to be one of the um, potential of the French league going in the next two three years because the way he's rising, mm-hmm. he, like I said, he has the muscle, he has the bustle, mm-hmm. and he also scores goals. He also and, scored goals. Yeah. That's the easiest goal I've ever seen him score. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. and okay. you know, one of the other challenges yeah. uh, to what you're talking about, Shina, uh, here in South Africa, the, most people don't watch a French Ligue mm. uh, That is also one of the challenges. But I watch it because... Yeah. Uh, How? You watch everything. I've, I've got star set. Okay. <laughs> um, and you know what I like about the boy? Mm. He scores regularly. Yeah, and he's yeah. level-headed as well. He's level-headed. Yeah. And, and for me, he's the type of a number nine that in South African football, we've been looking for for a very long time. Absolutely. You know, um, he's the type of a number nine. In fact, his combination with Tao reminds me of an old combination of uh, Mark Williams and uh, Filma Singer. Mm. You've got this tall striker yes. and then you've got this short striker. Short guy, yeah. You know, and the way, you know, they complement uh, each other, I think we are going to benefit. And also... Uh, at some stage, people were saying Pesita is selfish, but if you look at the way he just laid that pass, yeah, laid and you know, you know, and I'm sure uh, people when they listen to this, and, and I know in South African football, sometimes we are full of ourselves and we talk about our local game. Earlier here, I was talking about uh, why we need to have a starting eleven dominated by overseas-based players. Because mm. of the quality, no, uh, right. the tactical awareness and all those things. Look at the goal that was scored by Pesitao yesterday. Mm. Um, and look at the delivery from Serrero. Mm. Two touches, 
final pass and the way Tau took the ball. I'm not sure because in the same game, I had watched locally based players. Mm. They would be having three, four touches mm. and there's no one in front of them. Mm. Totally. You know? So, and this is sometimes even the quality. I look at some of the goals that Igalo scored mm. against uh, Libya. Mm. You could see you know, an African based player in Europe, yeah. You, you know, an African based player will never get this type of quality. It's important. Taking nothing away from our league and our local game, yeah. Yeah. but it's important to have top players like this uh, in your team. And when Ishina was speaking about that, saying that, you know, most African players who go overseas is because they know that that's the pinnacle, that's the next level. If I want to be any better than I am now, it means leaving Africa to go play overseas. And yeah. Mark, I mean, that's always been said is that we just don't have enough players. I always, I always joke and I say not enough players from South Africa give their overseas team a headache come January. You know, come January when AFCON used to be, that's when it is. A lot of yeah. you know, teams overseas would be like, a top African player is going to leave. Mm. How do we fill that void? Mm. No South African has caused that problem, yeah. you know, coupled with not qualifying. Yeah, and I think this is where this French contingent of, of uh, Motiba and Dolly and uh, Piri and yep. Zungu mm-hmm. were all playing. Zungu has really done well at his club. Mm. They love him. Mm. Um, and so he can come back with big confidence when he walks back into the national mm. team. And I think uh, just talking about Motiba and Tao again, when you when the continent is raving about Tao, but he's, I think, two years older than Motiba mm. and he's playing in the Belgian second division. And Motiba's playing in the, in the French League One and he's scoring. And, and I know it's younger. his first full season. Yeah. But um, I think he's possibly got the bigger potential of the two players. But but absolutely. And you can see it in Motiba too. He's been there since 18. Mm. And that's when, when Veli's saying yeah. that when you look at his technique and a player who comes from the PSL, a striker, doesn't have that technique. He doesn't have that composure. Mm. And yeah, he's absolutely what we've been crying out for. He might have made a difference in the World Cup qualifiers mm. if he was there last season, if he had been more mature then. But he obviously, you know, he is now. And I think... Yeah, I actually think, okay, we we also had injuries. We had four players out. Uh, um, maybe not as, as big as Nigeria, but yeah. we had uh, Furman, uh, Zungu, Dolly, and Mokocho. Mokocho. And, and those are overseas-based players who mm, could yeah. really, really make a difference, especially sure. Mokocho and Furman. Because if you looked at, and I'm a huge fan of Klumpo Kekana, but I don't think he's got the mobility um, yeah, the pace is slowing his, down. His, yeah, and his, at his peak, he was an absolute gem of a defense. But, I, I, you know, people have laid into Dean Furman, but we saw that Dean is everywhere when he's on that field. He's, he can't pass, but he's, he's everywhere mm. and at work rate. And yeah, so, okay, so I just, yeah. Yeah, I just I think there's a beginning of of a team that's actually not bad here. Yeah, and they really really need to go to Afcon. Um, players like Motiba and Tal mm-hmm. need to go there for their personal development, uh, and it's going to be absolutely tragic if they don't. And yeah, and I I wrote a column on Monday that was on Monday. It was on time selected behind a paywall, just about in terms of Stuart's future. You know, he he's kind of putting a team together, but. If he doesn't qualify for this AFCON, mm. it's going to be the massive detriment that it is to this generation of young young players coming through is going to be huge. Right. It'll be his third major tournament if you go back to his previous stint as well that he hasn't qualified for. Mm. It's going to be incredibly hard to motivate. Uh, for me, it will be embarrassing. Yeah. Not to be part of an expanded and AFCON an expanded tournament of 2014, 2014 where yeah. Uh, yeah. two teams from each group qualify. I and Mauritania already there. Yeah. And more, more, <laughs> more embarrassing when you started your qualifiers beating Nigeria yeah. away. Yes. Yeah. Because from there, so you have to, in your final game, you're still going to Libya, needing yes. a draw. What yeah. has gone wrong? Yeah, yeah I think... Um, and we know what's gone wrong. We didn't beat Libya at home and we couldn't I, beat Sergio. No, I think, I think quickly, I think quickly to, 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 to wrap this up for, mm. for you guys, I think mm. it's important to remember something. When you were celebrating beating Nigeria, mm. Nigeria were actually going to the World Cup. And I think yeah. losing to South Africa was the wake-up call for Nigeria because right. they were coming at the back of another bad thing for a manager who just left and all that. So Nigeria had their own issues as sure. well. So, But what Nigeria did after losing South Africa was to wake up. Sure. They wake up and it was a wake-up call. But South Africa slept. They took the slumbering road and then that's why they're struggling now. Yeah, also, our, co- importantly, our, coach, our coach went back for his uh, <laughs> old, old timers. I think also importantly, um, you guys, you guys, maybe because you're South Africans, it's difficult for you to say this, but I think for me, the struggles that you are having is that you have 
more um, players at home over pampered and well paid and would lack the right ambition and mm-hmm. discipline as yeah. well as the professionalism to want to excel. I think that's the struggle they are having. So if you don't have players, look, I've seen Keegan Dolly come to Montpellier. He was struggling to get into the team. He bounced back. Unfortunately, injury came in. It's not because he wasn't good enough. It was simply because, look, other players were above him in terms of the level. Mm-hmm. And the moment he, he caught up with them, the coach found him and they, because they came to Rans to play. I was watching the game. I caught up with him and he, he he had a chance when the coach told him that, look, today it was a tactical decision. Mm. I think you're ready. And then he missed and then he played and then he got injured in the next game after that. He started the game and then he got injured. That's to tell you, he was starting, he was about starting. Mm. Erasmus um, Kemit is still trying to settle down in Portugal. Mm. You see, whether you like it or not, there are some players who are committed to wanting to excel abroad. They know quite well that when they fail and come back to the PSL, it's a shame on them. And I think the most South African players go abroad, learn the tactics. It's not about the money. For Nigerian players, it's about the money, the prestige, wanting to excel and wanting mm-hmm. to reach mm-hmm. the level or pinnacle of your career. But also, if you don't play in Europe, what do you want to say to your family? What do you want to say to people? Mm. Because for them, it's more motivational to go and play abroad. They want, mm-hmm. for personal ambition, also to, 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 to also, um, like, you know, get to a different level from what they, they mm. used to. Playing against the best players in the world. In the world, yeah. Weekly, weekly. And weekly, isn't weekly. there also, if you're a Nigerian player, if you, do, you don't make it in Europe, you're going to go home, okay. Nobody's uh, waiting for uh, you. Uh, you uh, there's uh, no room to come back. <laughs> there's also, the Nigerian league isn't great. Exactly. So, uh, exactly. So there's, exactly. And, and there's not that a the huge ISP, amount of money. The highest player in the Nigerian yeah. league you probably be getting, mm, say, $2,000, $3,000 a month. Whereas okay. our, our players have a safety wow. net that they can come back and still make some money. And, and, and be a big I can star. tell you here, um, here in South Africa, you've got more than 20 players uh, in the league who I can safely say they are more than $20,000 a month. A month. I want to play in the PSL. Yeah. I can safely tell you that. Um, you've got Andy Jali who was playing um, in the Belgian Pro League mm-hmm. yeah. and he came back and he's almost on three times what he was getting in Jeez. Belgium. He was probably getting $10,000. Yes. And yeah. you know, who, who's this other player, uh, number 17? Uh, Kalu. Uh, yeah, was, was playing, Kalu. Yes, he was playing. With Gang. Y- yes. Now he's in Bordeaux. Yes, and and I think before Gang he was also he was playing. in Slovenia. He was in Slo- Slovenia. Yeah. Exactly. Slovakia. Slovakia. A, a, a South African player would never move no. to Slovenia. Mm. I've always go different routes just to mm. get to the right point. Yeah. And yes. right position. Let but me you tell have you. To do it. Let, let yeah. me tell you. Right uh, when we went to uh, the Under Twenty World Cup mm. last year, mm. uh, PSL clubs uh, tied down their players mm. because they knew that okay they'll be getting offers from there. But it is easier for a Canadian player or Senegalese player or even a Nigerian player to get a club and then he moves. Um, Why is the PSL so powerful here, though? Money. Good. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah money. That an answer. And, oh, and also, and also television. Okay. Uh, because here in South Africa, I can tell you, I can go the full weekend without having watched an EPL game. Not because I can't watch, because I'm more interested in our, in, in our game. Mm. So people here, let me tell you something. Uh, this. Uh, on Supersport, mm. um, they will t- tell you now, the most watched games out of 10 matches, the most watched matches, uh, eight or nine of them are the local games mm. in, in in terms of the numbers, not the EPL and not even the El, El Clasico. It's either Bafana Bafana or I- even a PSL game. Mm. So you still have that. Uh, our people are still strong on the PSL. They're interested, and, 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 but they and, just and, won't go to the stadium. They don't go to the stadium oh, because on TV, every, yeah. everything think, is there on I TV. I think it's strange because it's a win-win situation. If I know mm-hmm. quite well that maybe you guys are not producing to sell, to export players, because ideally you're looking to sell players and get huge you know, like profit from selling your players. Right. If your best stars are based locally, it's just your run going around. For us, you get players going to the, you know, Belgian league, mm. Swedish league, mm. anywhere they go, is a starting point for them. And the but crop, they didn't start there. They, didn't st- they started some they start small teams. Small teams and then, they, and then they move. And the ambition of a Nigerian player is not to play in the CAF Champions League. He wants to play in the UEFA Champions League. There's of a course, difference. So he knows that if he goes to, say, a place like Slovakia, like we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Cyprus, whatever, there are teams that can actually play there. Yeah, so the mentality is different. Yeah. The mentality yeah. for them is survival of the survival of the fittest. Yes. I told the story of Igalo. When he went to Lin Oslo in Norway, he left Lagos that was 35 degrees warm, hot, humid and all that. He got to Oslo, it was minus 20. The other mm. boys were running back home. He said, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. <laughs> I either succeed or die trying. Yes. And look at where he is now. Yeah. He's 
well known in the in the English Premier League. Mm-hmm. He's earning some crazy oh, money yeah. in, in 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 China mm-hmm. because he, he sacrificed a lot for it. I think the players too. It goes beyond just having PSL officials making the calls. Do they have the right? motivation to want to play abroad do they want to excel do you just want to be a psl legend or you want to be a football legend, a football legend. yeah and, and and i can tell mm. you um mm. more than 10 years ago when um in 2001 or two, in 2002 we were qualifying easily for the world cup at that time uh, we had an over yeah. we had a squad dominated by overseas based mm-hmm. players mm. um this other day i was looking at the team that was playing in the qualifiers for 2002 world cup and you'll find that it was only tabum gomeni um he w- would make it if he was lucky would yeah. make it to the starting lineup mm. exactly. otherwise he would be the first sub you know but if you look back mm. in south african football at that time uh, financially w- the PSL was not that strong. Remember, sure. mm. they were even forced to buy out two teams to cut the league down to 16 teams sure. mm. at that time. Our football only started to change, Shina, not because maybe commercially there was this big upheaval that was happening because uh, we're doing well, but it was because after we got the World Cup. Mm. After we got the World Cup, suddenly we had the big TV deal uh, coming from Supersport and then there were mm. other companies coming into the picture like Apps and, and, and them. Then that's when things changed. Wow. And if you are to follow our football um from that time that that is when we struggled to qualify for afcons mm-hmm. that is when we struggled at international level mm-hmm. and also even in terms of exporting talent because before then we would even release players to belgium to denmark and all these other countries but now players won't move so mm-hmm. i would say we are victims of our own success Okay gents so let's just do a quick swizz in terms of you know going through the other um groups and the fixtures from the weekend now we have obviously group A where it just seems it's done and dusted Senegal Madagascar they're through any remarks on the campaign of either teams i mean Senegal with the quality i mean we speak about overseas based players they've got some of the cream of the crop amongst them in their ranks no surprises there really eh uh, you know In that group I want to start talk about Madagascar mm. because when Madagascar beat South Africa on penalties uh, in the Kosafa people were just like ah no it's just the Kosafa right. but you could see that this is a team that is up to something sure and even the player of the tournament in this Kosafa it also came from a Madagascar Ducks is now playing uh, for Kaiser Chiefs, Chiefs yes. uh, I can even pronounce his name is Andrea Mirado Andrea Mananana <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll, I'll stick to ducks. Yeah, I'll yeah. Ducks. So, and they also became the first team to qualify mm. for mm. this Afcon for the first time. Um, you know, and this is a good story because mm. I remember their one of their games they played a two-all draw mm. against Senegal. Yeah. Uh, in Antananarivo. Mm. You yeah. know. Um. So when I look at the story of this Afcon and when you look at the type of teams that have qualified and the result that uh, Madagascar achieved mm. for me mm. and not because uh, they just qualified for the Afcon but i could see the uh, the, the good work mm. that, that, that 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 was coming up and this is why it, it is important shina especially for those for these so called small nations that you start to have these regional championships you know because for them this is where they build uh, their teams and i think uh, a tournament like Kosafa Senior Challenge uh, helped Madagascar. Yeah, that's true. And um for for them, I think this is a big opportunity for them to think about the country without um, even the FA at the moment. They have a normalization mm. committee now, FIFA mm. set that up. Um it's not looking good for them. They were honored by the president. They were giving money and they donated the money back um to charity. I mean, achieving success, going to the Afcon, good story in Madagascar. For Senegal, Alusi said needs to build on his um, run from the World Cup. Unlucky team, um they they they, they got kicked out due to just I mean like you know because of yellow cards and all that yeah. um they could have done better than that and that you see now as an opportunity to fix that at the afcon they said they want to win it so we wait and see okay so group b is interesting because obviously it involves uh, the hosts in cameroon so i mean they're pretty much going to be there we can expect to see them at the tournament uh and then we we have a situation with morocco basically because of that have secured themselves by beating Cameroon. I mean, is it is it that thing of when you're hosting you you you, you kind of on bringing your A game to these to these fixtures because you're there. No, I don't think so. I think um the switch from I mean uh, 
to Clarence Seedorf as manager hasn't yes. really gone down well. Um, we saw them play against Brazil. They were better. Um, against African teams, they, soft, they struggled. Right. Um, look at what happened to them in Comoros. I mean, it was a big, big shame. Um, a team like Cameroon, I mean... In Africa now, you just don't show up. You play your game. You sure. come with your A game. Sure. I don't think on that client Sidov is playing the right style. I don't think he's got the right players to fit into the system that he wants to play. Cameroonian players over the years have been known for physicality. They come up with their own. You saw how they dominated the Afcon um, under Hugo Bruce. It wasn't all about playing spectacularly well. Mm. For the Dutch football, you want to see passes. You want mm. to see your team build up and mm -hmm. you want to see them play. Cameroon is not that team for you. So I think there will be a big, big problem waiting for them um, in 2019 as yeah. well. I mean, is there a problem of not having a streetwise African coach, a coach who, you know, trying to get someone like as much as a legend as Clarence Sadov yeah. may be, every team he's been to, it's not worked out. Yeah, which means for me, Shina, the problem was also in the profiling mm. uh, of the coach. Um, because you, you also understand that Fekafute, uh, um, and, and we don't have Africa food. We have normalization committee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They also have a normalization committee. Yes. Uh, like you have in Ghana currently, like you have in, even in Madagascar. In Madagascar. Mm -hmm. uh, the profiling of the coach was wrong. Right. You know, <laughs> because I also hear that. I think it's for, uh, because I, I also hear some yeah, I don't. Want to, I don't want to say that. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say that. I think sometimes we need to avoid all these drama and these allegations conspiracy and conspiracy theories. theories. Yes. Um, it's true. So many things happening in Cameroon. Not right. People are not happy. Ex players are unhappy. There are too many factions people who felt like things should be done differently mm. from, I mean, the coming of Clarence Seedorf, he wasn't even interviewed. He wasn't on the shortlist. <laughs> he wasn't even interviewed for mm. the job, but here he is. I think it's all about the profile. It's all about him coming in and doing all of that. But is he the right coach for the country? I don't think so. I right. might be proved wrong at the AFCON, but it's just six, seven months away. So let's wait and see. Okay. I mean, we've spoken about Gabon uh, by virtue of, you know, touching on uh, their qualification campaign and obviously Obama Young not being keen on coming to the party. So let's let's skip it through uh, and go through to Group uh, D. And Group D is a situation where it's still pretty open unless, you know, obviously things go catastrophically wrong. Yeah, Benin and Togo. It's between Benin and Togo now. Algeria have 10 points, so they've already sealed qualifications. So if Benin... And Togo. Benin on yes. 7 points, Togo on um, so 5 points. So it's Benin, Togo and Gambia, basically. Um, uh, well, I don't think. Well, yeah, all three yes, still fighting for, for that. the second place. Yeah, all three still fighting for the second place. I think um, when we're talking about big players, Riyad Mahrez turned up. He yeah. showed up. Mm -hmm. I'm former African player of the year, playing yeah. for Man City, full of confidence. He scored goals and it helped Algeria. Algeria, they have, their, they have a problem of their own. If you think Bafana had problems, you haven't been to Algeria. Algeria changed coaches like they're changing shots, like they're changing, <laughs> like they changing underwear. Yes. They, they, they changed their manager. They've had seven managers in the last two years. Wow. I mean, who does that? No, yeah, 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 exactly. But you know, I noticed something, uh, Shina, at the last AFCON. Mm. And this is where I have a problem, especially with these countries that go to Europe and uh, take all these players who grew up in Europe mm. uh, coming through. Because sometimes I get the feeling that they don't have the connection to the flag I always, and the bench. I always have, mm. I always have this. Um, I always have this disagreement with these arguments. Here's the thing: mm. um, if you are born abroad, yeah, it doesn't make you less Algerian or less African. Sure. I think what's important is. You just don't give them preferential treatments. I think that's what yes. some of the coaches and some of the people are getting wrong. In the case of Nigeria, it's all about you just um, having played for England at youth level and then you can come and play. I think that you can't blame the player when it comes to this. He has to come and fight like every other player. Of course. Is he eligible to play? Yes. Is he, does he have the right to play for the country? Yes. Mm. I don't, you're saying they don't give you all. They don't give you a best. They don't give you You're looking at Kevin. No, I'm, no I'm, 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 I'm talking more about the attitude. Attitude. Because I'm talking more about the attitude because I saw some of them uh, when they were subbed. I think it was, I'm not sure if it was Ibrahim at the time. Yeah, like and I said to you, it's up to the coach. When, mm. when they are subbed mm. and, you know, throwing 10 times. And, and, you know, most... African players, they don't do that. But, and, but if they did, for, for their then, country. More, then more, you know, you know it's so, the point. It's a frustration so, of a player. What if a, a local player did the same thing? No, no, no. He's saying they I've don't do I've it. Never yeah, seen, I don't, I don't I've, think. I've, I've, I've never seen a local player doing that. Yeah, because it's not big enough. It should be, should and, be, and, be. And, <laughs> and, and the frequency of this yes, happening yeah. uh, in that particular tournament coming from these players, it happened more than once. No, see, see, see like you pointed out mm -hmm. earlier, no one wants to be substituted. You want yeah. to continue, you want to continue exactly. to play. Like it's I a said, hunger. It's up to the coach to decide. I make the call here. It's not you. 
We've seen players being kicked out. Just being born abroad or playing abroad or being a former European youth international. But now this is making... happening more than once. Exactly, but hey. In the my, same tournament. Hey, my friend, my friend. This and is, all this... these players who who didn't grow up in Algeria are doing this. <sighs> I guess I think if you're an elite playing what? at this level and you think you can contribute. That's, that's not even the excuse. For me, the I'm, point I'm, is... I'm just trying to get a link. I'm just trying to think, think get a link a bad place, to what really? Shina was also talking about. If you check the ill-discipline in this Algerian team, no, even on I how think, they are no, 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 no. When they add um, Valiodic, the, the guy in charge, there was no messing around when he was the manager. Mm. Look, see, you are getting it all wrong. Here's the thing here. It all depends on the coach. When Stephen Keshi was the Nigeria manager, you don't do tantrums. Mm. You do it, you're out of the team. So the, yeah. When you have Vaid in charge of Algeria, all this nonsense wasn't happening. Look at what's gone wrong. Look, look, look. Mm. It's about the manager. If a manager wants to have everything and so on, yes. you make the call. You are the coach. Yes. If a player is throwing tantrums, you throw him out of the team. Exactly. Because it's about with the greater collective. Eh? Exactly. What he's talking about, player being substituted, is frustration. It happens to anybody. Mm. It happens It happens at club like, level. Exactly. With the best players. Yes. The, the, the thing is, the problem with Algeria is that the FA are not just settled and professional. Like I said to you, they've had seven managers in two years. Eight managers, actually. Who does that? Is it the fault of the player? So you're bringing player in, out, player in, out. They even know that at top it's rotten, nothing is happening. Mm. They can do and misbehave whichever way they like. Algeria and Nigeria got to this round of 16 in 2014. Remember? Yeah, Who yeah, was the manager? Brazil. Since then, it's been going down for Algerian football. Because they've had, even they even had their legend, Rabamaja in charge. What happened? Disaster. Yeah, but that, so one, that one. No, so you're that, saying that, that one. So do you blame the player? Do you blame the player then? I think a team is as good as the manager. If the manager, that's why when teams win, they give the manager the credit. And when they lose, they yeah. fire the manager. Exactly. It starts and ends with the manager. <laughs> hey, really? You don't see it that way? Ah, well, it's my opinion. Yeah, he has a opinion. Agree or yeah. disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at then uh, Group F. It's an interesting one here because we, we're not in a situation where all the teams have played. Group their... F for frustration. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Not everyone's played. The... I mean, Kenya have played four games. They're, they're sitting there with seven points. But I mean, it's, 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 it's wide open. Uh, you, you know, in terms of you look at the number of games st still to be played and the points, it reads seven, six, four, three. I think Kenya, Ghana, I think it's Ethiopia, Sierra Leone. Yeah, no, I, I also see Kenya, Ghana, mm. especially when you look, uh, in the, look into the issue of head-to-head. Uh, -head. Yes. And you, you find that uh, teams like Kenya and Ghana, they've had better results sure. uh, against uh, the only team that could give them problems there, which is, which is Ethiopia. Yes. You know, so, and also you've got the situation of Sierra Leone as well, um, who are also being run by a normalization committee as well. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of those in Africa, eh? Yes, yes. It talks to the issues of uh, football leadership mm. um, on, on, on the continent. Yeah. So for me, it, it will be a good story because uh, Shinda knows hey, we've got a lot of friends from Kenya. Hey, yeah, at least yeah. now they'll finally have something to talk about. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. So Ghana and Kenya, pretty much yeah. we're looking at those two guys in that group. Group G, moving on to that and seeing the likes of Zimbabwe, Liberia, DRC and Congo. Yeah, this it, is... It's this funny. Is... The two teams been below the table are the teams you expect to qualify from that group. Yes. They were the two tipped and yes. now they're the two that probably at the bottom. Some. Yeah, so um, for Zimbabwe, it was a chance missed. They should have wrapped up that group. This past weekend. This yes. past weekend. They should have been home and dry, silt qualification, but they blew it. Yes. So now they've left um, room for Liberia to step into the second position. But then you look at the final game, I think in March, yeah. we'll find, uh, we can't sit down here and tell you who's going to qualify. No, for, yeah. me, it's very for, me, for me, Zimbabwe blew it. And if they don't qualify, it will be their own fault. But mm. I think yeah, I, I, I think for me, have... I think Zimbabwe will qualify. Mm. And uh, fortunately for them, they'll be qualifying at National Stadium in front of their home fans. Mm. And you see, it's, it is a good story for Zimbabwe because Zimbabwe is coming from a history of having not qualified for the AFCON since 2006, you know, but they qualified for the last one uh, in Gabon yeah. last year. And now when you look, because most of their players, Shina, they play here yeah. uh, in the PSL. And even those who are playing overseas are players who are playing here mm. in the PSL, mm. uh, your Musonas, uh, your Mushekwis, right. and, 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 and all of them. And now even Katsande, 
uh, is back with with the, with the senior national team. Right. It's going to be a good story for them to qualify in front of their home fans. And I liked how uh, they even went to uh, DRC. Mm. and got three points. Mm. And they were unfortunate not to even beat because they led against the Congo Brazzaville. Mm. You know, um, one thing I've observed mm. with African football, sometimes it's not easy to go and win away. And this is what I saw from uh, Zimbabwe this past weekend um, against um, against Liberia. Mm. Because Liberia also played a one-all draw um, against DRC. Yes. You know? So I see... Zimbabwe qualifying yeah. from here, and I also see DRC qualifying because at home, yes, against Liberia. Because, uh, Liberia are not good travelers. Sure. Remember, mm. in their opening game, mm. they lost three nil mm. uh, to, to 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 Zimbabwe. Mm. They are not good tra- travelers because most African countries they are stronger um, at home. Mm. Okay, now because it's an expanded Afcon, there are a lot of groups for us <laughs> to get through. So we we'll keep moving to Group H. Group uh, H already sealed, already sealed. Guinea and Ivory Coast. Simple yeah. as that. Simple mm. as that. So you feel I mean, sorry for you feel sorry for Geoffrey Kondongbia for Central African Republic. He scored his first goal uh, and everything. But I mean, they just don't have the quality. Good. No, enough. of course. I mean, you have a player like him, but he's probably the only beacon big, of big quality yeah. in that side. So yeah, I know. Mm. It was always going to be an uphill battle for them. Yeah. There. Okay, and then let's uh, keep it moving then onto Group I and looking at this one, mm. Mauritania through. Yeah. Uh, and Angola and Burkina Faso now to Down fight to it out for yeah. for that last spot. And looking at that last match day, Angola travelled to Botswana, Burkina Faso at home against Mauritania. You know, I know that uh, uh, people were mocking Sheikh Mashawa for losing to Mauritania. Yeah, no, yes. no. and you know that result. Like dropping their group. Uh, you know that result till he was fired. Mm. Um, that proved to be the only official game that he had lost. Mm-hmm. And he went for two years without losing a game. Sure. Um, before he was fired, uh, la, la, uh, not last year, in in 2016. Mm-hmm. And remember, he was not even fired because of the results. It was because of something totally different. Mm-hmm. And there's been this wonderful story that has been told about uh, Mauritania on how they've transformed their football mm-hmm. um, by using the FIFA funds wisely. Wisely, yeah. You know, and now you see this story coming out, mm-hmm. uh, and this is what we always wish for this good footballing story of using fifa funds for what they are meant, meant for, for yes. and this is the good story this team is qualified i mean if i look at uh, botswana in terms of how they've been doing at home because that's where they, they they're going to be playing this game nil nil against burkina faso uh you have a situation where now they host angola angola would be expected to maybe travel well. It's not that much of a distance to go. They're all in the SADC region. Um, do you think something can come out of that one where Angola can rescue it? Because the expectation is for them over Botswana. Botswana, plain spoilers. I mean, what have you got to lose? Nothing. Mm. They play at home, no mm. pressure, nothing. Mm. Angola will be under pressure to win because they don't even they don't want to play draw. They don't know what Burkina Faso is going to do. Right. So for me, I think it's going to be a big game for Botswana. It's not just because it's Angola coming. It's because... They are not playing under any pressure. They are not going anywhere. Eliminated already. Yes. Or Angola will be in trouble. The Palancas, Negras, um, I mean, the last 10 years, we've seen what they did to Nigeria. We've seen what they've done to other teams. But the smaller teams in Africa Mm. are the most difficult teams to beat. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if I look at Burkina Faso, not the greatest of campaigns, but at home, they've managed a 3-0 over Botswana. Uh, I mean, I look at the other results... Maybe not as convincing. Uh, you know, you, if you look at this last match day where the inaction against Mauritania, mm. it, it, it could still go either way, really? Or do you think... No, I expect Burkina Faso to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the other challenge uh, for Burkina Faso is the fact that uh, the head-to-head... Mm. Is not good against um, Shina against Angola. Angola yeah. yeah, so because in this case, if Angola gets a draw, that's good for them. Mm. You know, because so for them, Burkina Faso, they need Angola to falter. Yes, and you know, knowing Botswana, <laughs> knowing Botswana, Angola is going to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to hit me with a well, anything can happen. No, no, but no, no. You know, no, 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 no. You know the zebras when they've got nothing. To play for, yeah. Ah, uh, they, they don't play. So, some players don't take it serious there. 
I've seen, I've seen them. It doesn't matter. We just wait and see. It was wait and see. As simple as that. Uh, Group J, straightforward. Tunisia, Egypt. Uh, they threw at the expense of uh, Niger and Etagwini. Do you know which, company, which country is that? Swaziland. For those who don't know that maybe it's changed names. There we go. Swaziland. Mm. Eswatini. Not going to make it though this time around. It would have been a good news story for them to get their new name to the world. Group K, uh, looking at this one here. Whew. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Also, <laughs> that's a tricky one. Yeah. You know, when this group started, mm. uh, here I was as uh, someone coming from the Kosafa region, like, mm. you see, we're going to see two Kosafa teams um, qualifying. Right. But you see, just like we saw with uh, Zimbabwe, yeah. um, how qualifying for the AFCON uh, in a very long time, has governed them to be the strong team and, you know, gave them this good momentum. And I'm seeing that from this Guinea-Bissau team. We played against them last year in a friendly match. Mm-hmm. And and also we've got uh, Tony Silva, one of their players, playing here for Moment Sundowns as well. Um, you, you, you can see them, you know. Mm-hmm. But one team, I'll feel very bad if they don't qualify. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for them, they still have to travel uh, to Guinea-Bissau is, is Mozambique. Sure. Mozambique... I remember against Guinea-Bissau, 87th, 88th minute, they are leading. Boom. They fail. Um, uh, in fact, they concede. Yeah. And that was a draw. And also, on the stroke of full time, they are leading 1-0 against uh, Namibia. <laughs> I remember that. You remember that game? <laughs> they allow them back and they lose. Yes. You know, and... This is the team that started away from home beating Zambia. And again now, they are the cause of Zambia not going to their second successive AFCON. Mm. You know, so not because they are coached by a, a, a Portuguese legend, mm. you know, but, you know, I, I, I felt that I can see what this team well, is, is, is. For me, I'd love to see Namibia at the Cup of Nations. Right. I don't care about Mozambique. <laughs> I need them to worry about themselves. Right. For me, Guinea-Bissau and Namibia will be a good story. So the way it stands I, right now, I, is you, I, you, yeah, you I would love for it to end that way. Namibia, I mean, you don't get to see teams like that playing at the Nations Cup. Um, for Mozambique. It's their own choice, what they've done. I mean, you look at both of them, you think it's going to be Mozambique and Zambia to qualify. Mm. Zambia eliminated, mm. champions in 2012, mm. um, 2013 and 2015, they exited the tournament in the group stages. 2017, they didn't qualify. Typical story of so it's a, it's how you go. Downward downward sl- yeah, downward, yeah exactly. So you see how they've fallen. So for me, Guinea-Bissau and Namibia, I mean, these are people who have actually fought yeah. in this group. In mm-hmm. fact, I don't, I don't feel bad. Uh, also, if Namibia qualifies, you know, they've got a young coach, yeah, exactly. Maneti, you know, mm-hmm. and I've seen him uh, growing up with this team. I remember in 2014, yes. uh, Shina, he came here with most of the For current the Kosafa, players eh? mm-hmm. um, with, to play in an under-19 tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a ah, top yes. youth, youth football tournament in Cape Town called the uh, Bay Hill Tournament. And at that time, the Kick and Dollies and the Andapatoses were playing in that tournament. He brought that team of under 19, and most of those boys are playing for the senior team, you know. So, this is a good story of him having started at youth level mm. uh, with the team and has built this team. So, for him to qualify, and mm. uh, also, but the only challenge for them is that they'll be going to play against Zambia. In Zambia, it doesn't matter. Zambia already <laughs> out. They probably struggle still. I, yeah. I don't. For me, I just want them to qualify. And what a way to see qualification if they manage to get a result in Zambia. In Zambia, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. And then maybe you speak about them. Twenty fifteen Kasafa Castle Cup champions. Yeah. I remember Coach Manetti and just seeing that. You know, there's that consistency and then the fact that you've got a plan. It yeah. looks like that's now is, is bearing fruit. So. To cap off another good news story, I guess that would be good to see Namibia make it through. Group L, finally. Uganda, they're through, mm-hmm. sorted. And really, we were speaking about just how, you know, they had uh, Micho there. And what we're almost seeing is just like the blueprint that he put in place and them deriving the benefits and, and bearing the fruits of that structure that's just seen them be, once again, consistent something that you want national teams to do they don't convene that often but you want to know that when your team does come together you're not starting from scratch and reinventing the wheel so there they seem to be good in a good place now the rest of the group Lesotho huh. Tanzania oh, Cape Verde <laughs> Tanzania I don't know they have the legendary Manuel Amunike in charge mm. they, they had a chance to go to Lesotho and they, they lost that game mm. 
Yes, they lost one nil in to Lesotho. Yes, yes, they lost they lost one nil to Lesotho. So and uh, you look at games like that, a match you should win and still qualification, mm-hmm. you manage to throw it all away. So anyway, they still have a chance. They're playing their last game at home and um, against Uganda. Yeah. yeah, and Uganda I saw the, already, I saw you the, the Ugandan president, uh, your honorable Museveni, mm-hmm. saying, I know you've qualified, but there's one thing you cannot do is to lose to Tanzania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so there, there are high already. you know, you know, and you know, with this group, I also like, you know, sometimes when you've got a team that has not qualified, that has not qualified for AFCON in 39 years, yeah, um, they just go to their first AFCON and then after that, it's, you know you can see that okay, there's there's no plan but mm. you can see the blueprint that Mitchell left for that team and if even here in the PSL uh, the number of Ugandan players who are playing here um taking nothing away from also Onyango but even Walusimbi came here for to play for Kaiser Chiefs mm. and is commanding um a regular place uh, in, mm. in that Kaiser Chiefs team mm. so you can see the quality sure um in 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 the team and also if you go back in, even in the world cup qualification uh, they were not doing badly there yeah. you know they gave um Egypt and also Ghana I ran for their money and in, in that qualification so I'm not surprised to see them qualifying with a round to spare okay so there you have it gents I mean there's, there's a lot of meat on that bone as far as the qualification is confirmed but March is where we'll be looking for uh, uh, teams who haven't qualified have I guess time between now and then to 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 make sure that things are in place so they get the desired result. If we look very, from a South African perspective, to end it off, Baxter, between now and March, what's what's the top of his to-do list? Yeah, well, look, um, the fact that between now and March, there's no other international week, there's not really much to do because he can go around checking on the players and... Which is something if, we don't feel like he did this time around. I mean, uh, I think for me, what Safa should help him with now is to at least try, if possible, try and get a friendly match yes. before yes. you get to that official game. Sure. Because he'll be having about five or six players coming back from injuries. Right. And the spine of the team will yes. be coming back. So it's important that at least he tests them um, before he goes there. Because... You know, I've heard from Shina and the other guys that it is not going to be easy mm. um, there. You know, it is not going to be easy uh, playing against Libya. Mm. But the fact that Libya, they need a win. Exactly. And knowing Pakistan's type of football and tactics, this is a game that I feel... Could play into his hands. Yes. Yeah. But also, he should not go there going for a draw. Mm. Yes, that's a dangerous result yeah. to, to, to do. And I mean, in terms of the, the other teams, Shina, looking at this time mm. there is that lack of activity it, it it is now which is a very good point that Veli brought up the time for federations to start looking maybe at trying to help the coaches with another game you can't leave it for this one last game that in some instances is, is, is a big big game yeah but when you look at um, the fixtures as well mm. clubs are not obliged to release players sure. for these friendlies sure. I think what's important is if you need to play these friendlies it has to be in Europe where you have you know collection of your, of your players sure. traveling to Africa you can just stay your, stay your friendly um, you know in Europe and get that done but knowing the African FAs I don't think they they work with that such a blueprint mm-hmm. where you're talking about them helping their coaches rather they are looking at the coach to be fired which one to bring in and which one is going to lead them to the Afghan. Even in Nigeria, there are some people who are still not satisfied with Nigerian manager. Mm. And I said to someone um, at FNB the last time, I said, it's funny how this coach will say qualification and he might not be the one to lead Nigeria. Not because um, I think he's not good enough or anything, but because some people are just not satisfied. And it's funny how things work in Nigeria. So, uh, if you're looking for FAs to assist coaches, maybe it happens in South Africa. Mm. Across the continent, it's a different ball game. Mm. Um, it's a different, completely different ball game. The coach is on his own. When you win and qualify, they celebrate you. If you're struggling, you are on your own. So I think well, for 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 a team like Tanzania, I would love to see them qualify. Namibia, I would love mm. to see them qualify because of some stories that are just pulling there. But it's good to see Mauritania and of course, um, Madagascar mm. teams that we playing at the Afghan. It, it's Nigeria is back, so... After missing two, so you're a happy uh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a happy man. Um, it's not because it's expanded, like, <laughs> like some people want to find out. It's simply because we 
we are more interested in the big business World Cup. World Bro, Cups. The AFCON ah. is for little boys. Let them play. South Africa, let them, let them ah. go play. For Nigeria, it's all about a big deal. Well, now that you're there, now that you've said that, you have to win it. Uh, no, I don't think we're ready to win it. <laughs> I, I don't think we're ready to win it um, with this team, with this tactics and everything. But I think it's an exciting AFCON. You can't say who's going to win. Mm. You have the big boys coming back. Cameroon, Nigeria, Tunisia, Egypt, Algeria. Everyone is coming. South Africa, hopefully they will come and then they will learn lessons as well because the AFCON is not just for you to host. It's for you to also go and participate. Ah, mm. should I? Hey, spice. Ah, let's wait and see. Let's leave, the, yeah, let's we'll leave it on see. that spicy note. Because we got four points from you, eh? Ah, yeah, there, there you go. go. And who is top of the table? <laughs> <laughs> Moral four points. <laughs> ah, you both have a point. I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for joining us on the Front Runner Football Podcast. There was a lot to get through as far as uh, this latest round of AFCON qualifiers was um, concerned. I'd like to say thank you so much to our guests, Mark, who pulled in earlier, Veli. As always, thank you so much, Sheena. It was a pleasure to work with you for the first time. And remember to share, share, share this podcast from our SoundCloud on all your social media platforms and keep up with ours. Until we do this again, for myself, Gamza, take care.